It's, it's tough, isn't it? It's the word. It's the world with L E at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, can't do it. Can't world, do it. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going to give you a a mess up to use at the beginning of this podcast. Well, I just. Yeah, I, you, I just did it yeah, for myself. Go for it. Yeah. Welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we believe that teenagers are not a problem to be solved, but we are here to help you equip teenagers through the power of connection. Hey guys, this is Chris Roby, and over across from me is Carly Duke. Hey Chris. So Carly, are you open to suggestions about anything in particular? You know, honestly, I would normally say no, but I think I am. <laughs> oh, really? Because like, if someone if someone comes up to me and says, hey, I've got a suggestion for you, I am out <laughs> that's my husband yeah yeah because especially if it's like unsolicited kind of thing like if they're, if they're willing to butter me up or you know whatever but suggestions i don't think are always the most helpful things like i said i would normally say no but we talked about this a little bit last podcast episode but when suggestions come up on my instagram man mm-hmm. they have my number yeah and i'm like okay I-, I think i need that but do you secretly resent it a little bit Maybe, that's, maybe a little. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why it's important for us to talk about this today is is kind of what the suggested content feature on a lot of social media feeds are, are, are doing, but also kind of our responses to them. Yeah, so when we talk about suggested content, we talked about last week that it's on Twitter as well, but mm-hmm. I really kind of focused in on Instagram because that's where our teenagers are. If you go back and listen to, I can't remember what episode number it was, but the one with Kelly Fan on social media, not very many teens are on Twitter or even Facebook. And so you'll find suggested content there as well. But let's talk about Instagram Mm -hmm. because back in the day, back in the early days of Instagram, the only thing you saw on your feed were people that you followed. Right. So anything you chose, that's what showed up and nothing else. And I, I think that's the same on Twitter as well. And I, and I, I assumed the reason why it was happening is I went through like a big like uh, purge of followers. Like I, I just mm. I deleted a bunch of people that I wasn't. So I didn't really I wasn't following a bunch of people. So I just assumed that maybe I didn't have enough people to populate my feed. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm like that pathetic on, <laughs> on Twitter. And so they were like, well, this poor guy needs some people to, to look at. So I figured that's what the case was. Well, apparently not no. because it is just a suggested content feature for everyone across the board. It actually, at least on Instagram, that was launched in 2020. But last summer, they started mixing it in with your feed. Hmm. So in the beginning, it would be after your friends. So you would see your whole feed. And then if you got to the end of your feed, it would start populating with suggested content. But now it is mixed in. So you could see a friend, then you could see suggested, then you could see a few more friends, then suggested. So it it's really confusing because there are times where I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I'll realize like, wait, I don't follow this Because they disguise it, right? Like yes. you, you don't you don't really realize it's suggested until you're kind of all in on it. Yes. It looks exactly like everything else. There's a small at the top where it'll see, say suggested. Okay. But mostly it looks the same as everything else you're looking at. Sneaky. It is sneaky. And so just to kind of break this down, on Instagram, these suggestions are based on things like your activity. So who you follow, what posts you've liked, saved, commented on. Also your connections. So if you're connected to certain accounts, they might give you similar accounts or someone that a friend also follows. Information about the post. So if the post is popular, 
or lots of people are interacting with it, you're mo more likely to see it on your feed. Mm -hmm. And then finally, information about the account. So how many times people have interacted with that account, not necessarily that post, but if an account is really mm. popular. So Instagram is really, and probably Twitter and Facebook too, they're really rewarding these big influencers mm. because not only are they going to be have a ton of followers, they might have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers, but they're also being pushed to other people who don't even follow them. Right. And this was kind of trailblazed by TikTok, wasn't it? This this algorithm set up where we're it's, it's feeding you the same stuff over and over again. Or was this probably like, predated it? But I think YouTube did that. Yeah. Like if you think yeah, about the YouTube mm -hmm. algorithm, when they suggest things after you finished a video, I think they really started this mm -hmm. algorithm and other apps have gone, oh, people will spend all day on YouTube because they know what you like. Let's add that into our app as well. Well, and TikTok got so good at it because I've, I've listened to some other podcasts about like the TikTok algorithm about how scary precise it is. Mm -hmm. It's because the videos are so short. Yeah. And so they can just rack up the that content of, of, and really specify what it is this person that is, is into. And Instagram's following suit. Well, and I think I don't have the data on this. And I also, this is almost a different topic, but even when it comes to suggested content or ads, People say all the time, I was talking about something to a friend, never even typed it in my phone, and then I got an ad for mm -hmm. it the next day. Like, is my phone listening to me? And basically what I saw is they're saying no, which who knows, right. but those companies are saying, no, we're not listening, but they are so good at what they do that they know if your friend looked it up and you're connected to them, or if you're on Wi-Fi with your friend and they're Googling something, that it will also pop up on your feed. Mm. Like the algorithm has gotten so good and they know what you like that it almost feels like they're reading your mind, which is kind of scary, but I often click on the thing, so it works. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and, and you know, your, your cynical old man side here says, well, no, no, they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's a good explanation. So coming back to this algorithm, and the feed ranking, so that this looks at your interactions and how much time is spent on the post, how likely you are to like the post, if you're going to comment, if you're going to save it, or how likely you are to tap on the profile. So like hmm. you said, they know they're so good at what they do that everything comes back to what is going to get them to interact the most and what is going to get them to stay on the app longer and watch more. Right. And this is about further distraction, about 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 really tapping mm -hmm. into that desire to be distracted, which we'll talk about in upcoming episodes about how pervasive that really is. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's it's all about not, not only how long you're on the app, but how often you open it up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I saw that thing, I'll come back to it or whatever. But it's just keeping you in that feed as long as possible. Well, and last episode, we talked about how to get rid of suggested content if you don't want it, how to snooze it. But it is interesting that they're giving some control back to the user because they're letting you give feedback on the suggested content. So okay. you can pause it or you can also say, I don't like this. I don't want to see this account anymore. I don't want to see posts like this anymore. And so they're almost asking, hey, did you like this? And if you did, we're going to keep giving you more of that. And if you didn't, we'll switch it up. Hmm. And so it's really interesting that they're trying to give more back. They're trying to give control, but at the same time, they are still in control of what you see. Right, right, which was always the case, but this is definitely just more of a, a bald face, like, you know, they're not hiding mm -hmm. how, how they're trying to keep you attached to this app um, by any means. But um, I'd be curious how, if you did decide to snooze or you decided, I don't like this, how long that would stay away, really, you know, because this has to be good for them. 
I think it's I think it snoozes for thirty days. Okay. Which I tried it last week. Still have not gotten any suggested content since. Mm. Now it will suggest reels. So, but that looks different. It doesn't just pop up. But every now and then I'll get a banner that says suggested reels. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't look like my feed, and I haven't gotten that back since. So mm -hmm. so far it's working. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is you mentioned TikTok. When TikTok came out, parents were so worried because they're like, I can't control or my kid can't control what they see, but these other apps are doing it as well now. Mm -hmm. And they're a little sneakier about it because TikTok, that is what TikTok is. Mm -hmm. Instagram, you think, no, I'm only going to see what I want. And that's not the case anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I just want, I think this is worth talking about because if parents didn't know that that was a thing, if they're not on Instagram, they might not realize that their teen could be seeing things that they're not curating anymore. So what's a conversation that could be had around this, you know, for uh, parents and teenagers with helpers and teenagers when it comes to social media, you know, why is this even important for them, for y'all to be talking about this? Right. I think if you go back and listen, and I'll link them to our past social media conversations, it's important to talk about the algorithm and what that means and mm -hmm. the fact that you are a product. And so that's a good conversation to start with. But even just asking your teen, hey, does suggested content bother you? Hmm. When you're scrolling through your feed, are you seeing things that you don't want to see? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And start there. Does it make the app feel more personal? Do you feel like that's helpful? Do you know how to snooze it? Do you know mm -hmm. how to turn it off? Do you know how to give feedback? These are questions that you can be having with your teen instead of just saying, hey, we're going to shut everything down, but give them control and give them power to say, yeah, it kind of does bother me. And then mm -hmm. you can give them a tool and that's a good way to start that conversation. I think too, it's a, it's a, it can be potentially a tool for self-reflection because mm -hmm. you know, we, we've joked about TikTok and about how everyone has these moral arguments about TikTok, about, you know, all the horrible stuff that's on there, but it's an algorithm, yeah, <laughs> right? Like what you're, <laughs> what you're looking at is likely what has either been curated for you or cur cur you've curated over time. Right. And so asking your, your teenager what you see, do you like what you see? Is this, is this, uh, is this a reflection of who you are? Is this, does this reflect your values? And if not, you know, that's a great conversation point of like, you know, they, they are, they are, they are feeding you what they think you are or mm -hmm. what you, what you think you like. And if that's in conflict, um, that's a great place to have a conversation. Well, I think as well, you can in your settings on Instagram set timers. So, for example, on mine, if I've spent an hour on Instagram, this is in the Instagram app, not on my phone app or not in my phone settings, but it will pop up like, hey, you're coming up on an hour on Instagram. Do you want to close out the app? Hmm. So maybe even things like that, which there are a lot of times where I'm like, no, I'm in the middle of something. Go away. Mm -hmm. But it's a good reminder of like, oh, I spent a lot of time on this. Mm -hmm. And so instead of getting caught up in suggested content and staying on the app longer than you intended to, it at least gives you a check in of like, hey, this is how much time you've been spending. So that could be a good thing to walk through for yourself and for your teenager. Okay, Chris, for the trend this week, I want to talk about something that just happened and we're just now kind of getting around to talking about it, but the Winter Olympics are done, mm -hmm. but there was something major that happened with the women's figure skating. Did you watch it? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. No. I watched it after the fact, after this happened. No, I'm not I'm not a huge women's figure skating. I love person. the Olympics. I'm not a huge figure skating person, but I mm -hmm. love the Olympics so much that I will sit down and watch. This particular night when the women's figure skating final was, I fell asleep. 
-hmm. And I woke up to so much crying Mm -hmm. and so much drama that I was like, what happened? I have to rewind and watch. So Mm -hmm. I had to rewind and I watched the whole thing take place. It was crazy. I consume a lot of this stuff kind of the day after. Like I'll I'll kind of see how people are responding on social media and that kind of stuff. And this thing was hitting hard. Like just, just the, some of the moral implications of it and how we treat our kids Mm -hmm. and all of this. But yeah, I went back and watched some recaps and it was a difficult, it was difficult to watch. It was. And it, especially because it took place for teenagers. So that's why we wanted to talk about this. I want to give some context first, and then we can talk about how this impacts our teenagers. So we are going to get there. But just some context, Camila Valieva, 15 years old, Mm. she's from Russia, and she drug tested in December, and the results were made public the day after she helped the Russian Olympic Committee. If you didn't know, Russia officially can't compete as a country, so that's a whole other deal because of a drug scandal. And so they won gold in team skate, and she helped them, and the day after that, this came out that she had also tested positive for a banned drug. Mm Mm-hmm. And she tested positive for trimetazidine, if I think that maybe is. That was great. Thank you. You're doing great. And so that was banned along with two other drugs that are allowed, but they're for heart. And they're for increased endurance, reducing fatigue, promoting greater efficiency. And basically the articles, we'll post some of the articles, but the articles I read said a 15-year-old should not have these drugs in her system Hmm. unless she is trying to upgrade her performance. Right. And so she should not have been able to compete because of this banned drug, but they said because of irreparable harm, it would cause her irreparable harm to not compete. They allowed her to compete. And then basically the Olympic Committee said, if she wins a medal, we'll hold off until we've done an investigation into her and these drugs. So all kinds of drama going into her short program and then free skate, this poor 15-year-old girl just had a lot swirling around her. A mm-hmm. lot of she shouldn't be competing. Why is she here? What has she done? And just a little aside, when she got up to do her free skate, which is the long program that is the last thing you do before they do medals, she was the last person to go. Mm-hmm. The whole American team coaches got up and left the stadium wow. while she was warming up. They didn't even want to stay and watch her. And so there was a lot of controversy going around for this 15-year-old She went to the free skate in first place. She was the first woman to land a quadruple jump at the Olympics, which is huge. If you don't know much about Olympics, just know that's a really big trick Mm -hmm. for her to land, especially at 15. But people weren't talking about that. They were talking about the scandal. Mm -hmm. The Olympics in so many ways are a proxy for different nationalities of, you know, national pride and all that kind of stuff for a 15-year-old to have to shoulder that, Mm -hmm. that. Because I mean, it's a you know an American Russian thing for the entire American team to just walk out. That's a it's a it's a national pride thing, right? Like you you can't disrespect our country that way for a 15 year old kid. Whether or not she knowingly knew what she was putting in her body, I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, to have to be to play that role, and then for the IOC to basically say, you no, you can go on out and compete, and you have to deal with all the consequences of all this. Because we can't get our act together and make a judgment that's best for you um, and for the sport really shows a lot of disregard for the kid athlete mm-hmm. and the I, I, I guess what they're what they're representing and who they're representing. Right. And so that was all kind of working up mm-hmm. to February 17th was when she did her free skate. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm going to post a YouTube video so you can see all of this play out in five minutes. It mm-hmm. kind of condensed it to uh, pieces of her program and then what happened after. But she stumbled several times. She fell twice, which she almost never does. Mm-hmm. She came in fourth place. Mm-hmm. So this girl who was by far and away the gold medal favorite just crumbled. Mm-hmm. I mean, you watched her fall and fall and misstep. And it was heartbreaking because I sat there going, well, she wasn't. She shouldn't have been competing anyways. But at the same time, when she comes off the ice, her coach is in her face, obviously not happy, not like hugging her or making sure she's okay. She sits down with this little stuffed animal and you go, she's 15 years old. Mm-hmm. She's 15. She's a kid. Mm-hmm. She would be a sophomore in high school. Wow. And so, I mean, it's just stuff like that that is wild. And then the other two Russian Olympians who ended up getting first and second were also 17. Um, Alexandra Trusova got second place. She declared, I will never go on the ice again in my life. I hate this sport. I hate it. You cannot do it this way. Everyone has a gold medal, but I don't. Mm. And so you watch this other girl who got second crumbling in another area because she thought she deserved gold and she didn't get it. Not even necessarily worried about her teammate who just fell. And then the girl, Anna, oh goodness, Sherbakova, came in first. She showed no signs of celebration. She was sitting there all alone. The girl who got third place from another country hugged her. But other than that, she sat there because her coaches were comforting these other two girls. Mm. She won the gold medal. I didn't even see a smile. Yeah. And it was just so heartbreaking to watch these teenagers, I mean, go through so many emotions. But you could tell they were not set up for success by the adults in their lives. No. Nope. Uh, the IOC president in relation to Believa said we are dealing with a minor with a 15 year old girl who obviously had a drug in her body that should not be in her body. Uh, and the ones who have administered this drug in her body, these are the ones who are guilty, but were they the ones punished? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, Believa is the one that ended up being punished here. I have heard that they are going to look into the, they're asking that they look into the adults around her as mm-hmm. well. So her coaches, family, all that, because I think they came out and said, oh, it was, the drug was your grandfather's. It was a mistake. Yeah, which is just baloney. Yeah. I know. But yeah. the system has called her a protected person, meaning she's incapable of being responsible for what goes into her body. Mm-hmm. And that's what right or wrong, whether she knew it was actually happening or not, a 15-year-old girl does not find a cocktail of three drugs that are going to help her heart by herself. Mm-hmm. There's just no way. And so instead of protecting this child, the decision makers... I read this, I'll post this article, this Yahoo article basically said, instead of protecting her, they sent her back into this cauldron of pressure and politics to serve her sporting masters, Hmm. is what they said. And they even said she's a victim of child abuse in real time. Wow. Almost that they used her for more ratings, for more views, to get the story out there. Instead of saying she should not be competing, they put her out there when most of the time, like I know... In the Summer Olympics, we had a track athlete who tested for a banned substance, and she was not allowed to go compete. Mm-hmm. And so then you have this 15-year-old who's the best, and they still put her out there. And mm-hmm. you just wonder about the double standard and what does that mean for our kids. Right, right. And, I mean, you can't help but think back to it's, – it's, it was for a different reason, but, you know, Simone Biles pulling out mm-hmm. of, of the Summer Olympics last year. And it was a mental health issue, but everyone was up in arms about this. And you, you kind of wonder, you know, was it because they're going to lose ratings because she's not a part of it? Was that why they were upset? 
But that was really, I mean, the IOC, that's what they were doing here was they were scared to lose this child prodigy on, on the stage and they were willing to set some kind of sham system up where we'll, we'll, we'll deal with this later. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not even thinking about what the consequences of that would be for the other athletes who are dealing with this. So this whole, this whole thing dissolved because the adults and the systems the adults put in place did not serve the kids that they were in charge of. Exactly. And so I would suggest if you have a student or you're around students who are part of athletics, Mm -hmm. I know figure skating is different in Olympics is a totally different level, but go back and listen a few episodes ago to our athletics episode Mm -hmm. and keep in mind, are you serving what you want and what you think is best? Are you serving what's best for your student? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that might look different if you need to have your student step away, if you need your student to take a break, do what's best for the mental health of your student, because that's what's most important. For the tip this week, Chris, have you heard of the new game that is just taking over called Wordle? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I got on it. I don't know how early I got on it, but um, I introduced it to my family. And now it's a daily it's a daily thing. Well, we had to teach our kids how it actually works because they spoiled a few words for us. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, this is a this is a, a really interesting phenomenon because it's not only this game that was kind of the, the original, but all the things that sparked mm-hmm. all the different kinds of games. I'll be honest. Today was the first time I have not gotten the wordle right. Really? I've been playing I've 37 times or something like that. It's really disappointing. Do you want um, <laughs> do you want some encouragement? One of my best friends got it in two. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was so close to. So if you have no idea what we're talking about, look it up. It was recently bought by New York Times. So this is a game that just, I think... From the UK. I think you're right, yeah. A man created, it's free, it's on the internet, and he sold it for, I don't even know how much money, a lot Over, of over a million, yeah. But basically, every day there's a new word, there's only one a day. So it's not like you can just keep playing and playing, but you try to guess the word, and then based on the colors of the tiles of that word, it's a five-letter word, it'll either, either tell you if the letter is in the right place, or if the letter's in the word, but it's in the wrong place, or if the letter isn't part at all. Mm-hmm. So almost kind of like hangman. But it tells you where kind of to move around and you're trying. You've got six guesses to guess the word mm-hmm. of the day. I will say since New York Times took over, I feel like it's been harder. That's the rumor. I know. But mm-hmm. I also know that some of the old ones like swill. Who guesses that word? Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. Weird or word. tacit. Yes. So if you're playing, do not spoil it for other people. The day after, you can go back and talk about the words. But it's very fun. It's a good way to maybe talk about it with your kids. There are also games like Nerdle. Mm-hmm. I cannot get on board with that. It's a math equation. It's math, yeah. Yeah, I'm out. And then, Chris, talk about the one that you enjoy, which you, is also not my... But you have to say it, because I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Wordle. It's, it's tough, isn't it? It's Wordle. a word. It's the world with L-E at the end of it. Wordle. <laughs> yeah, can't do it. Can't World. Do it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give you a, a mess up to use at the beginning of this podcast. Well, I just yeah, I, you, I just did it yeah, for myself. Go for it, yeah. But this one is where it shows an outline of a sovereign nation, essentially like the borders of it. And you have to, you have, I think, six to 10 guesses of where that is. So you, you guess, and if you get it wrong, it, it kind of gives you like a color rating. Like, like if you're like way off, it'll give you like one green and then like a, a direction. Like, no, it's like, 3,000 kilometers to the northwest. And so I'm a map guy. And so. So is my husband. Josh loves this one. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big geography person. Yeah. So I would not be good at this. But it's interesting because it does have the scarcity 
Scarcity? Scarcity. Scarcity. Dang it. We're doing okay. Struggling <laughs> today. like a pirate over there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll take it from here. So scarcity <laughs> scarcity mentality is what Carly's trying to say. Thank you. Uh, just this idea that um, it, it's it, to me it's, a, it's an honor system thing because like it, there's like this really unspoken code of the internet. Like you don't you don't share the wordle and people who get it and like try to put a hint like a like an emoji kind of thing people kind of look down on that like no like mm-hmm. let's let's let everyone try to solve this and then we'll celebrate together the next day that we got it and so just the fact that there's one means that you know you can't look it up or you shouldn't look it up and it's all you get that day yeah it's very interesting it would be really fun to do with your kids talk about it at night or the next day you can share what you got with people and it won't share the word, but it'll share how many you got it in, what the tiles were. So it'll let you know, I got this many green and then this mm-hmm. many yellow. So I have a group, a friend group text and every now and then we'll share back and forth like, man, this one was hard or hey, I got it in mm-hmm. one guess today. So that's a really fun thing. It would be a fun thing if you're a teacher to have your class do, especially if you're in geography or history, use mm-hmm. Wordle. There you go. <laughs> use that, use Wordle, use Nerdle as a math teacher. Like this could be a really fun resource that would also be trendy and make you look cool. All right, that's a wrap on this one. Thank you so much for listening. A special thanks to Carly Duke and to Kelly Fan for producing this podcast. Also to Luke Cabrera for our awesome podcast music. If you want to know more about Luke and his music, check out his contact info in the description. Well, this podcast is for the helpers, and we really hope you feel helped. If there's something we haven't talked about or a topic that you're really interested in, email us at podcast at teenlife.ngo, and we will do our best to get to that topic. We will see you next week.